The true art of being young, as per Mick Rock, the sought-after rock photographer whose image of rock musicians helped define the 1970s, is knowing how to defy gravity, upset as many people as possible while doing it, and how to penetrate the great secrets of the universe and damn the torpedoes. Welcome to Instant Noodles, a podcast where I talk to individuals in their 20s about what's happening in their lives, what's running on their minds, and how they're navigating life in general. On this episode, I have with me Vidisha. This data scientist, while not meddling with code and AI, runs a community library from her garage. Vidhi's convinced that she's been bitten by a travel bug and not traveling every few months makes her ill. Her camera is her favorite travel companion and why is her most used word. I'm your host, Mehr Zariwala. Hi, Vidhi. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, um, Thanks for joining me. Um, first question, uh, how do you like your instant noodles? I like them soupy. Okay. And um, what's like uh, the time to eat noodles? Best time is in the mountains. <laughs> cold when it's really cold, but otherwise like, evenings, yeah. Okay. So just soupy noodles or you like to like add stuff into no, it? No, I like it. Just soupy. Just soupy noodles. Yeah. Alright. Great. Um, so of course, uh, we have known each other for what about 8, 10 years now? 15. 15. Wow. Yeah. wow. From where I'm sitting, it's been interesting seeing uh, your journey. Um, so tell me, is there some specific phases or things over the last 8 to 10 years that you like to share? I think it's it's a very long time. So there's like no one phrase or word that can describe this whole thing. But I think the general overall idea is that it's been a time of firsts. You know, like the first time going to work, first paycheck, first taste of independence, living on my own, uh, making some hard decisions, coming back. Uh, so it's been a lot of firsts. Yeah, so many new experiences as well. And I think it's, it's the time. I mean, I don't think it's happened before and I don't think it's going to happen again. So it's, yeah, it's a time of first. <laughs> um, so among the many firsts, yeah. uh, is this one that really stands out? Good, bad, ugly. <laughs> um, I think the first time living outside the city, outside home, mm. uh, that has been uh, definitely... I think that's the highlight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in Mangalore, lived yes. here, studied here. Yeah. So when you mean it was the first you moved out of yeah. the Bangalore city? Yeah. Um, so two things. One, uh, for a brief while I moved out of home and within Bangalore itself and that was like living in Bangalore. And the other was like I went to New York and I was there for like a couple of months. Okay. And both those times just living on my own. And okay. Um, so amongst these different firsts, I'm sure there have been also things, ideas, thoughts that have been occupying your mind. Um, are there any like central or ideas that come to your mind you'd like to share? Yeah, um, there are so many. <laughs> it's like a big, big list. But I think the main ones are 
recently i think i've been thinking a lot about capitalism equality feminism mental health uh and of course because i am working my work revolves around data so a lot about data technology the future of it the ethics behind it mm. um those are things like i really deeply think about uh and just like the world in general what's happening with like a lot of fear uh yeah okay. i think those are the main themes i think around yeah. okay so just going deeper in some of those ideas so i think linking to also you living in new york so what what actually really took you took you there uh i was there for a coding retreat uh it's like people from all over the world coders come there and work on their own personal projects and uh it's mostly software working on software ai machine learning things related to the tech world but it was also very interesting because i met like people from all over very very different from me but also you find these similarities you still have common ground to connect on and uh, yeah so what took me there was that according retreat oh. and but it was like a really really good experience okay and working on on projects there which mm. were say ai or data driven and meeting these different people um i'm sure you you came up with projects but did it also lead you to think more about the whole ethics of data and how it's being used did it start there or it happened more when you were working in that industry um i think it began back when i was in college because at that point media was full of ai is going to take your job and mm. uh, i was genuinely like why aren't more people talking about this it's really scary it's never happened before it's a revolution revolutions happen but it's not never at this scale everyone's going to lose their jobs what are we going to do so i think i wanted to be in on this mm. like okay i want to get in into this and see what's really happening okay. um that's where it started um then i worked for about like two and a half years in this and i realized it's very different uh it's it's not that easy to take away jobs but it's also very easy in a sense because there are some things you can automate and then suddenly like 600 people are out of jobs because they've manually been doing it right um so that's possible uh but also data itself comes in very messy forms and to get it into a place where you can play around so much at this scale is very hard Hmm. um so i think when i was working those two and a half years these thoughts were behind like there somewhere at the back of my head but now like i quit my job went to new york for this retreat and there i had more time to think about these things process this hmm. what's up and like talk to other people working on similar things and uh discuss ideas based on this like okay it is it is worth being paranoid about privacy and data but it's not like doomsday is next year <laughs> okay yeah um so what apart from the fact that it can like sort of replace jobs and you know a lot of things that's done by humanity mm-hmm. um do you also see it being like a powerful tool that can help us yes for sure especially because a lot of people designing these algorithms are working with people who understand psychology really really well mm. so they know exactly how you're going to get addicted and mm. they're going to get you addicted to it to your platform be it like social media or um they understand you they understand your behavior they know what ticks you off 
Uh, it sounds really scary, but they actually do have so much data about you, especially these big few tech companies. Hmm. They have a, a lot of data of your behavior. Okay. So, um, so, so for example, there's this thing called like the slot machine technique. There were these psychologists who sat and studied people at slot machines in Las Vegas. Like, why are they addicted? Why are they here for hours and hours? It's like, okay, one more, one more, one more. And they bring these theories and philosophies into building algorithms. Hmm. What's going to make you scroll little more, little more? And what we're easily spending an hour, two hours on social media every day. It's not an accident. It's not because it's just, oh, we, we're bored or we don't have anything to do. It's because they know how to subconsciously, you know, get us to hooked on to these things. Hmm. That's really scary. Uh, it's, yeah, it's privacy. It's also, yeah, other than jobs, it's like this privacy. Like they know exactly who you are, what mm. takes you off, how to get you addicted. And so that's, of course, being used against us to keep <laughs> us, of course, hooked to that. Um, is that also like whether it's behavior or if it's patterns that they're able to capture? Um, is that also being used to actually solve some of our like wicked problems at this point i can't think of a, a way they're helping us solve problems um i mean in, it can be used in a way like of education um say um for for example in the mental health space there are so many people talking about it on social media now so there's so much more awareness uh, much needed so that's a good thing that's coming out of it like if you're mm-hmm. addicted to like social media but all you're seeing is how to be a better person that's great you're <laughs> going to be a good citizen that's awesome uh, right so, so if the algorithm captures that i'm looking for mental health related information it's going yeah. to feed me a lot more of that yes yes so once you've liked a post um on mental health it knows that this is your area of interest so it's going to show you more and then the more you engage with this the mm. more it's going to, it's like it's like a cycle the more you engage with it the more similar content is going to show you right so tell me um as a 28 year old what's really great about uh, being young in 2022 <laughs> and um, what are some of the misgivings of the same thing what's great i think is everything is so easily available be it like resources or if I see someone post about some food and I'm suddenly craving it, I can click on something and like immediately get it, right? I don't have to wait three days, make a plan with a friend to go get my favorite food. Or I can get a cab with the, like just need to turn on my phone and I get my a cab. Uh, I want to learn something new. I want to research something. I want to read, watch, whatever I want to do is just so easily available. Hmm. And I think that's awesome in a way and I think the same thing is also leading to a lot of overstimulation, overwhelm, uh, the pressure in a way um, which I think are the misgivings of being young in 2022. Like pressure of oh you should have figured things out by now, look this person has figured it out, that person's figured it out um, and just like so much consumption of media, it's very overwhelming. And it's like you're so overstimulated at night or sometimes like like mind is so active it can't sleep uh, because we're like so overstimulated so i think that's the drawback of being young right now 
Okay. And that connects back to the algorithms which are <laughs> <laughs> making oh, sure yes. your overstimulated, stimulated, right? Yes. Um, but this accessibility is also having these two conversations, right? Where people are talking about slowing down, having mm. sort of um, detoxing themselves from uh, social media. Um, but there's also a lot of conversation about being your real self yeah. on social media. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, if if we're also seeing other people's lives, would we rather like to see both the good and bad side? For sure, for sure. Like, I want to know how other people are also struggling, what are their struggles. I want to see that, but our it's it's very difficult, right? People won't show you that. They just want to put a nice rosy picture of themselves on social media or on LinkedIn. Or, I mean, on Instagram, you're seeing like all these pretty pictures. They're traveling. They're doing all these cool things, having amazing experiences. And then on LinkedIn, you see people like, I've achieved this. I've reached this place. I've done this, this. I know this. I finished this course. Uh, so it's constantly you know this constant comparisons and that's that's very that makes you feel small insignificant in a way and then just questions like what have i done i'm not being productive is that a bad thing even like taking a break then sometimes feel you feel guilty for like taking a break um it's like oh i'm supposed to be productive and doing this thing or having these amazing experiences or i have to be watching these like the latest cool thing because everyone's watching it and then you know we're going to talk about it and i don't know what you're talking about um this feeling of left out fomo that's real um in a way um okay so amongst these this crazy uh overstimulated <laughs> life that we all are living um what are some of the things that you do just like for yourself, uh, which sort of keep your mind and your soul happy? Um, I I love reading, getting lost in books. So I have like a little library where people come borrow books, set that up. And that's just like, there's nothing, there's no gains coming out of it except just the satisfaction of it. That's one. Um, I paint, I draw. Uh, I travel a lot. Before COVID, I was doing at least like, you know, including the small weekend trips, at least like 10 trips a year. Uh, and that was just, I need a break um, kind of thing. Um, that's another thing. And I would do a lot of photography also every time I was traveling. You know. And currently I write a lot. I'm just writing, writing like two hours a day sometimes, just like putting my thoughts down. So so talk to me about this community library that you've you know set up a little bit more. Um. So... A few, a friend, or my sister and me, a couple of years back, uh, were like, why don't we? A, a small library near my house shut down. Uh, like, why don't we do something about this? So we set up a library, and uh, it was like no profit. So we just asked all our friends, "Hey, we're starting a library. Do you want to donate books?" So people donated books. We had friends, someone donated bookshelves, and we set this up. Currently, we have like three thousand books, um, and. It's mostly kids who come, but there are like people, there's like a 60 year old uncle who comes, there are a lot of moms who come with their kids to borrow books, books of all genres. And I, I love being the, you know, book recommender. <laughs> so these kids will be like, I want something on space. So I go like look for uh, 
books on space or related mm. to they like i want something with dragons mm. uh, and it's so nice to see young kids read but it's also like i there was this one time where these two kids came borrowed a book and they come back half an hour later like we need to give it back and i'm like why and they're like no our mom said this is wasting time we need to focus on our studies um so that's this happening but just just knowing that you know there are people reading it just gives me a lot of joy and a little bit about your photography like what kind what what are you really looking for through your lens and um that's a good question i don't know what i'm looking for just like this is so pretty or this this is uh, a really bizarre scene and i want to capture that and save it and maybe talk about it and share with people you know that i saw this and experienced this um say so say for example i went to hyderabad recently and there's this charminar and it's like this very dull colored building not very majestic but it's around it there's so much color there's so much vibrancy it's a big contrast um the the structure itself and the color and the vibrancy and the chaos around it and that was so amazing so i loved taking pictures of mm-hmm. both the monument and all the craziness around it the contrast the contrast yeah so that's what i was trying to capture when i took pictures there right yeah um okay so tell me uh relationships with its parents or uh, friends or peers or co-workers um how have they really you know shaped your thinking your world over the last couple of years they i think they provide the the seeds or like the triggers then i take these ideas and then like you know analyze them under a microscope by they you mean everyone like okay. parents friends but i think more like i take the ideas from parents and that pull it apart with my friends sort of thing in a right because we we i think we are the generation that questions why does this have to be done this way uh why are you doing it like this and not like this isn't this a more efficient uh, system of doing things or uh this makes no sense we need to see logic in things uh we need to see the rationality behind it uh and also um with friends i think it's like the world is getting more and more polar and you're expected to pick one extreme the world is very unforgiving if you are neutral um be it like any anything you're supposed to have an opinion so i think with friends discussing these figuring out where do i lie on the spectrum and if it's okay trying to justify okay i'm in the center but this is like why i'm not picking uh, either of the ends of the spectrum so i think talking with friends really helps that and uh, with coworkers it's there's a lot of taboo topics i don't think we <laughs> discuss much um yeah but and especially i think with people um when i travel and the people i met during my travels they have shaped a lot of my thoughts and beliefs even though they are very small interactions or like very short uh you know i've known them only a few weeks few days but they've also just the questions they ask they are seeing things from a completely different perspective that has helped me shape a lot of my views and perspectives so so what i just heard was that if ideas are coming from different places yeah. then there are a 
group of friends that you then have a dialogue about those ideas and then try to sort of make more sense of it. Yeah. Uh, does that happen with your parents too? It's difficult. I would really like that if that happens. Uh, but with parents, I think it's more like I'm trying to understand where they're coming from. Um, they have a certain set of beliefs. They've had their own experience. Uh, so earlier, I think in my early 20s, I was more rebellious. I'm going to fight everything you're saying. I will not accept it. But now it's more like I accept what you're saying, but I want to understand why you're saying this. Is there like maybe one um, idea or thought which you are not able to agree with the adults in your life? I think a lot of religious ideas that they come with. Um, it's it's difficult, firstly, because I think most religions are very patriarchal. So it's it's difficult to convey to them why I am not accepting this. I do not believe this male figure will solve all my problems, right? Why can't it be a woman? Or maybe there is no one. Um, and just, yeah, th these, these are uh, hard uh, questions, ideas, concepts. And uh, yeah, with, with parents, it's difficult to have these conversations. So, so that actually segues into my next uh, question. Um, what are your sort of views on the current socio-political environment that we're living in? Um, how does that make you feel? And do you have any say, thoughts or any of that sort of influences you in any way? Yeah, I think the main emotion behind this is concern be it social, be it political, be it environment. Um, environment is, there's this constant anxiety uh, about, oh my God, is this adding to the carbon footprint what I'm doing? Is this, this plastic is not biodegradable. I forgot to bring my reusable straw from home. So now I'm using a straw, is that okay? So there's like a lot of anxiety around the environment. Just And at some point, it's like, you know, beginning to give up. Yes, I'm going to order from Amazon. It is easier, it is cheaper. So when do I fight it? When do I get it? There's this like constant um, noise in the head about that. And just very, very concerned about the environment. Um, about the social aspect, I think me and my friends discuss a lot about this, especially like we see at home, say the household tech come, um, looking at their lives. Um, it's not getting better. Uh, there's still so much exploitation that they are going through. And then, you know, I, but like people from who haven't been in India for a long, they tell me, why do you need the house help? Uh, why can't, why do the Indians need the system? Why can't they just do work by themselves? But they're not understanding if we fire all of them, where are they going to get employment? They need the money. Um, right. So we're really concerned about that too and feeling a little helpless. Uh, like, how do we? What do there's nothing we can do, mm. right? Like okay, pay them a good salary maybe, but what what about their mental health? Where do they go when they are, you know, when when they are being abused? Uh, there's there's just so much. They got robbed, but who's really listening to them? So there's concern about that, and politics. It's like um, it's like walking on eggshells. Um, anything you say. 
you don't know when it's going to blow up uh, when who's going to get offended uh, and like i said you know you're expected to pick one end of the spectrum so it's so unfair maybe i am identifying mostly with one end of the spectrum but maybe just maybe there is something good that the other end of the spectrum did but i'm not allowed to say that because then um i, I remember even shashi tharoor talking about this at a literature festival event like a couple of years ago he applauded the uh, ruling party saying this is good thing and he got so much backlash for it so i think that's even more for us you are expected to be at one end and it's not okay you cannot uh you know identify or say good things about the other and um i think it's it's very stressful in a sense and it's becoming very hateful which is something i'm really really again concerned about you are supposed to hate them like where where is the kindness where is the understanding and empathy um so yeah it it is very concerning i'm just keeping concerning again and again but i think that's that's just underlining the fact that right. how so um you have been working for a couple of years now so how has that been joining the workforce uh, working alongside adults i think that's been challenging uh, especially when i just joined uh, the workforce there was a lot of internal doubt that had to be you know like okay you shut up like let me do my work because there's always this voice saying oh you're not good enough for you you don't belong here or is this really what you want to do a lot of questions like that keep coming up and also just fitting in in the workplace um because um one was like women in tech at least at the lower levels you have women but you see higher up there are very very few women so there was one that was one thing and um then when when i went to new york the other thing i realized was that yeah we're still talking about bringing women to the workforce and equality here but we're like generations behind with where the westers because they're talking about diversity in so many other terms the lgbtq community of bringing in transgenders hearing different opinions or like bringing in people of color we we aren't even haven't even started talking about those things you know um every every community has a different voice different view and that's just going to add to your workplaces um culture but here it's so homogeneous um it's it's difficult it's difficult for people to feel they belong even if you're you know even if in, in a city like bangalore where there's so much diversity already still i know people who feel like okay i don't fit in here or there's too much too much homogeneity or they're talking in a language i can't understand did that happen to you in jail yes oh my god that used to happen so often uh, there was this this group whole group that had come from uh one particular city and they were talking in a language i didn't understand it was really uncomfortable uh because we're all sitting for lunch together and they're like not talking in a language that belongs to here like at least i understand kannada understand like hindi english but no they're talking in a different language and it was just very sad i think and uh, made me question okay does this happen everywhere a lot of other people are also feeling it but because no one's talking about diversity 
it's not even starting to you know be addressed issues like these no so so my follow up to that is uh, are there or um, like you know people who are much more experienced older to you mm-hmm. were they sort of um trying to help you to sort of adjust into this entire thing and how did they do that mm-hmm. and and also uh, if they're not like how should maybe people not in their 20s be talking and approaching people who are you know joining the workforce because that's who we're all going to be working alongside right i think it was more for me it was like jump into into the ocean and figure how to swim there was no um, hand holding as such uh, but all all my seniors have been really helpful very kind uh, i've never had issues with them and they're willing to listen which was great so i think anyone who has to work with new people coming into the workforce i would say just just listen you know okay. they have opinions too um they have good ideas they have fresh ideas uh, so it's it's just a matter of being open minded and listening to them and does that also mean being okay with being asked the why the hard oh yes we i think we as a generation ask very difficult questions for which you might not have answers to and uh, we we aren't the people who will who will shut up and just you know mm-hmm. be okay with keeping quiet if if you're not comfortable we will leave and uh, and we are okay with that we we value our uh, opinions and individuality enough to say no i cannot stay here um so tell me i think with your interest in say nature environment and sustainability also your photography or the reading that you like to do all of that also is really looking at how how a thing impacts a b thing Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's I think uh, fair to say that you know you're always trying to question that. Um, so does that question of like impact mm-hmm. um, and the work that you know you have done, say in artificial intelligence or will do in the future, mm-hmm. does that really concern you? Uh, and you know, uh, does that make you want to still work in that space or sort of reimagine what you want to do then? It's it's a dilemma that I'm currently in. I don't know if I want to continue being in this space because at the end of the day, it's like this is a battle that is lost. Hmm. There's nothing that can be done about it. But then also then there's this thought like if you want to actually do something, you have to be inside it. You have to know all the inside drama that's going on. so that you can actually make a change um i'm on a break now and i'm rethinking what i really want to do um which will be do i do i pick the path that is in conflict with my beliefs or which is also going to be harder or do i pick the easier path but i'm probably not going to be satisfied Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know which way it's going to go right now. And especially when you're sort of uh, in the popular parlance, like you're working in a very trending <laughs> industry, it's yeah. the future. Yeah. So it's it's a tough choice. Yeah, there. and you also know, okay, this is good money. I I know I'm going to be rich if I'm going to continue on this path. <laughs> so I think yeah, I've been thinking a lot about money and how. everything seems to revolve around it there's no escape 
Uh, I recently heard that trekking spots around Bangalore are charging tickets. So what about poor people? They can't go on a trek. Um, so, so there's that fear that I don't want to be in that position where I don't have money because at some point money links with a certain sense of freedom. But then that's conflicting with my beliefs around data and ethics and AI. And that ties up to like, okay, capitalism, what do I think about it? I don't want to support it, but there's no getting out of it. It's a lot of things that intersect. It's like this this weird uh, knotted ball, which you're like, okay, I don't know how to untangle this. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of like the misconceptions that people are having about those who are in their 20s? Like, are you getting like misjudged for some stuff? Yeah, for sure. I think we're very harshly judged for bad mental health. Okay. <laughs> that we're not resilient, that we're... Uh, we're, we're also like very lazy. We don't know how to deal with hardships. Um, but I think the people who are blaming us for this aren't trying to understand. They're just blaming. Uh, they're they're not understanding the issues that we are facing, the the mental stress that we are going through, uh, and it's just it's like a I don't know how to make a comparison. It's like a bully in a sense. Like I got bullied, you know, it's a part of life, it teaches you lessons, so you also get bullied. But no, bullying is wrong, right? So you can't you can't expect me to get bullied and just be this quiet, insignificant person. Or toughen up. Yeah, or tough yeah. So they they think that these hardships are going to uh make me a stronger person. But no, look look at the statistics around people are giving up Hmm. and just like not not just giving up on their careers like giving up on life so but do you think there's some amount of truth that hard things also like there's this whole thought of like be outside your comfort zone or Mm -hmm. try to do things which will be a little hard on yourself because maybe uh, there are some fruits at the end of, of that path. Mm-hmm. So is there some truth in that? And, and is there a balance required in these two narratives then? Yeah, I think they're sort of independent actually. Uh, we, are, we are not not willing to work hard. We are willing to work hard. But at the same time, the stress that's coming with it is probably not stress that other people, other generations have dealt with. And it's it's not similar it's it's unfair to say you went through the same thing uh so i think it's it's two very different tracks and you're trying to mix them up and then blaming it blaming us for that okay so um some of the narrative you know you're just telling me that they're judging and the the words that they're using uh, Mm. for young people but what is it maybe that they can do apart from just of course listening mm-hmm. also asking and talking to you or sharing about themselves more mm-hmm. uh, to bridge that kind of you know gap of of misunderstanding that is there talking like talk to us about your your experiences we we also want to understand where you're coming from why you have certain beliefs and like listen to us why why is why are, are all of us, you know, going for therapy or why are we in 
uh, such a terrible mess in our heads. Maybe you'll understand. But like, just listen with an open mind without coming with a preconceived notion of oh, these people can't handle any troubles in life. Okay. And some specific topics that you wish that they spoke about if they like stay away from. So many. <laughs> uh, uh, just I think one really important thing to talk about is like how are you feeling? How are you actually feeling? Mm. And an honest conversation about that. Even we want to know how you're feeling because I mean especially the last two years it's been really bad for everyone. Mm. Everyone's gone through a hard time in their own heads uh, more than anything else. So just talking about that is something we we want to do. Yeah, I think. And, and something sometimes I'm guilty of just, you know, talking about feelings but not giving solutions to that. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, we, we, we're not looking for solutions. Mm. We're just looking for a dialogue, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dialogues more than, than solutions. Yeah. Um... So, uh, tell me what's what's what is keeping with the up at nights positively? <laughs> <laughs> what are you excited about? What are you looking for? I know you're on a break in trying to, of course, figure out where to go and contribute again professionally. Yes. But uh, apart from that, is there something you're really looking forward to? Traveling. Uh, I think last two years I wasn't able to travel much. So I want to like travel. But I think I'm going with a different approach now. Mm. I want to talk and connect with people and more like slowing down uh, or slower pace. And I'm really excited about that. Mm. Like, really, really qualitative conversations over quantity kind of thing. Um, and so during your travels? Yes, during my travels. Right. And, and so you used to travel differently before you feel? Yeah, I think earlier I was like, oh, I want to go here and then I want to go here and I want to go here. More like check off things mm. or not immerse myself fully in that place of culture. Um, so that is different and I'm looking forward to this new way of traveling now. And also tra- trying to travel more sustainability, sustainably um, because, yeah, I'm trying to like reduce my flights, see if there are alternatives um that's something i'm looking forward to and also just like i think next few years i'm very apprehensive but also very excited hopefully the pandemic will be over and i think it's going to be a different world so i'm thinking i'm probably going to get a job which i can do from anywhere and that gives me a lot of freedom now Mm. um so i'm excited about that like oh every three months maybe i can have a new home and um, I think sometime in the future, I also want to have my own home because I've re- recently spoken to people and, you know, like my friends are like, oh, I'm in my husband's house or like my mom's house. I'm like, which is your house? <laughs> so I now I have like this, this goal of like, I want my own house. And that's something I'm really excited about mm. um, in the next couple of years. Yeah, sounds fun. Both of them sound fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what have you been watching or uh, online or uh, movies? What have you been sort of listening to if there are podcasts and, or reading because you read a lot any or all of these? Okay, uh, watching, I've been watching a lot of sad things. <laughs> I don't know why. I watched The Handmaid's Tale. I watched um, this show called Afterlife which is about this man dealing with grief of losing a, over a, uh, over losing a partner. And then I was a show called Made, 
which is about this woman uh, struggling to make ends meet while dealing with an abusive relationship. Um, podcasts, I've been listening to Brené Brown a lot. She's, uh, I don't know if she's a psychologist. I don't know if that's the correct term I'm attributing to her, but she talks a lot about being your authentic self, being vulnerable, the power of vulnerability. I've been listening to her podcast uh, quite a bit and uh, a few tech-related podcasts. Uh, books. Last month, let me see, I finished this huge thousand-page uh, epic fantasy novel um, <laughs> called The Way of Kings, which is great. I think everyone should read fantasy. Um, mm. It really teaches you how to see things from so many angles, the same thing. Um, that's one book I read. Another one was called uh, Patriarchy and the Pangolin. Mm. Uh, it's about this this girl in her late 20s. She's in Gujarat uh, doing agroforestry research. She's a field researcher on her experiences. And that was quite a fun uh, read. Mm. Um, I read Psychology of Money because I'm like, I suddenly feel I've not been thinking about money the right way. <laughs> and I'm questioning that. So that um, I read that. And I read a Sydney Sheldon because I wanted a break from the other <laughs> other things I was reading. <laughs> all the heavy books. Yes. Right. Great. Thank you so much for chatting Thank with you. me. I'm, of course, looking forward to uh, how you deal with that tangled ball that you're, you're holding <laughs> in your hand and having fun while you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Hope you liked what you heard on today's episode and it was time well spent. We'll be back with another episode in a fortnight.